Greetings, Matt comrades. It is your humble DM, Mike Gergoni, here to let you know that we here at Material Components are now part of the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. Punch-Up is proud to present such podcasts as Panel Up, The Action Shelf, and The Very Podcast you're listening to right now. And of course, the best way to support all of these shows is by going to patron.podbean.com slash punchup and becoming a patron today. When you do, you'll get access to all sorts of bonus content, including a brand new one-shot from the folks here at Material Components, in which our heroes attempt to solve a murder in the urban fantasy streets beyond the veil. If you ever wanted to hear Michael Lisman playing as Detective Sasquatch, now's your chance. Once again, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup. Thanks for all the support, and now, let's get you into this week's episode. Material Components, Season 2, Episode 75, A Liar Call. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. Brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Hey. Hello. Heck yeah. Uh-huh. High energy show tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a strong Wednesday energy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay, moving on from that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am Olivia, and I'll be playing Florian of Akawar. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay, the Elven Wizard. I am Michael, and I'm playing Oswald Octavian Theophilus the Third. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before I begin today's session, I have to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is... Michael Lisman. Yes? Do you remember what happened last time? Do I? Do I? Yes. I remember that uh, Amari... Good! Because <laughs> we went over it five minutes ago. Uh, I remember uh, that Amari and Oswald sat in on an interrogation. An interrogation of one of the mercenaries who attacked our ship. Uh, and this is the one who didn't get smushed or... Killed by Florian's uh, radioactive hand or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the the only surviving one. Uh, nice guy. Prontus Machius, apparently. Uh, fought on the other side of the war of, uh, of uh, Amari. Uh, but even, even in spite of this, Amari decided that instead of torturing this man uh, through the use of, I believe, Amethyst Aethite... Amari wanted to take a subtler approach and just give him food, you know, and talk to him like he's a sapient individual. Uh, and I, I think it worked pretty well eventually. Uh, it was a lot of sitting around for a while, but, you know, we got there and uh, we learned some things. Uh, apparently they were looking for Oswald Octavian Theophilus Third. Um, so if we run into somebody of that name, uh, we'll be sure to let him know. Uh, possibly also Shay. Um, but let's be honest, the real bounty is on Oswald. 
actually, we should find out how much was offered for each of us, like sequentially, because if like my bounty is higher than the rest of yours, that has to mean something. I'll put it on the list. Anyways, uh, meanwhile, uh, during during this uh, uh, interrogation, Shay and Florian uh, begin the process of of not fully installing, but at least getting a, a room set up to become our DIY isolation tank room so that we can avoid, you know, the big green uh, bull monster from the void again. Um, and uh, Florian seems to be doing well, you know, uh, nothing existential happening in Florian's uh, view, <laughs> which is great. Um, maybe there should be <laughs> there probably should be uh, but you know uh, live your truth <laughs> exactly exactly uh, and then uh, Shay the, the session ended with uh, Shay having a conversation with Mara uh, that has yet to be resolved so I am curious as to where that is going to go. That's true. Specifically with the question, am I alive? Mm. Which is such a big question to have as a small, semi-immortal, fey creature who was artificially constructed by a massive corporation in order to do what we still don't know. But mm. it is still a big question for the likes of her as well as any of us who find us existing it is a question that Elliot Lewis has apparently had the answer to for a while, by their own admission. Uh, indeed. Elliot, you sit at your computer playing a tabletop RPG with your friends. When you receive a message on Twitter, your phone is to the side. You're not necessarily looking at it at this moment, so maybe you didn't even notice the message when it came through, but glancing down at your phone for a moment, you see there is a message from an account you don't immediately recognize. The name is familiar because a couple of weeks ago, you and Mike joked about this name as an account that you would make up for Olivia's character's little brother. So this is clearly some kind of gag that Mike is pulling right now as he sends you a link, an imager link, apparently. That yeah, is the only thing that no, is in the message. What do you do? It's uh, it's an imager link. Um, it's uh, it's taking a little while to load because I, I turned my Wi-Fi off so that my connection on my computer might be better. And uh, the cell service down here is fucking terrible. So give me one second. Mm-hmm. You wonder where this bit is going <laughs> as you wait for the image or link to load. Mike has clearly put some kind of thought into this. It's just another of his gags that he's maybe put a little too much time and energy into. <laughs> and as the link opens and you come to grips with what's in front of you, what are you thinking? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm wondering what it all means, um, especially as I've been uh, re-listening to season one lately. I'm feeling very nostalgic. Uh, Why is that important? Uh, because the image is uh, an image I created, actually. Elliot, the player. 
Um, Interesting. It's a, a work in progress I never finished of uh, what at the time I thought uh, Cherish's mom looked like uh, holding, weeping, kneeling, weeping, holding her child. Although the caption on this image says, why does she weep for the child that is not hers? <laughs> so that's neat. <laughs> mm. Unfinished is an interesting word that Elliot uses there. Unfinished, almost forgotten. A piece of art that they created as inspiration while they were creating their character for season one of Material Components, the actual play podcast that they play on. Cherish Iron Strike is an important piece of Elliot's life. They've devoted time and energy into thought and ideas and creative assembly of who that person is, who Cherish is, and has willed them into existence by a, a sheer force of creation. But this early discarded image of a tiefling kneeling, holding a baby, cradling it, and looking to the heavens with a plaintive look of... What would you say the emotion on that face is, Elliot? Uh, the emotion that I was going for was... Uh, I think grief is probably the best summation. Now, is the grief on her face... Because the child is going to be torn from her arms, or is the grief on her face there because her creator left her behind? Because that which willed her into existence forgot about her and left her in shades of black and white and gray. Does she hold a child that is hers, or does she hold the beginning of an idea that would become Cherish Ironstrike? Cherish. You sit behind a desk. You can't help but think about your mother. It is a thought that consumes most of your waking. The office space here is warm. Too warm. Of course it is. It's hell. Or at least a subsidiary branch. I was going to say, or is it, Mike? <laughs> you have this image in your head of Valamarades, someone who you know at this point was a dragon, a golden dragon, and somehow entered into a bargain with Mephistopheles, the lord of Cania, chief rival, at least in his own mind, to that crimson duke himself, a creature who you now seemingly work for. Yeah. You think on all of the iterations of what you had in your mind as your mother over your entire lifetime. It started with whatever images were conjured from that letter you were given by Kalkin when you turned 13 at the beginning of the Maker Festival all those years ago. What was the first image in Cherish Ironstrike's head of who her birth mother was? In... Now, and since we've gotten a little bit, a little bit meta, um, I will say that it's maybe a little bit similar to what my first thoughts were, um, was a, a tiefling, uh, 
that uh, maybe a slightly similar hue skin to Cherish's, maybe a little bit more actual purple. Um, similar gold markings, um, similar long dark hair, a kind face. As Cherish learned more and more about her mother through interactions with different entities throughout the, t the valley, Darren Dunn, chief among them, how did that image evolve? Um, I don't remember when it was, but uh, I think before meeting Darren Dunn, at least, um, Omatep mentioned that a gold-skinned tiefling placed a child in his arms and told him to run. And that changed that perception, that, Im that mental image. Um, and I'm not sure if it changed too much more, though, after meeting Darren, Darren Dunn. Um, because, as we all know, dragons have the ability to shapeshift. I think Cherish's image of her mother as a dragon maybe was more based on images that she had seen in books of gold dragons. I know mine certainly were. Grasping at straws. You think you grasp at those straws, looking around you at the dread offices of the city of Brass Branch of Hell. You're gripped by the bureaucracy that surrounds you and the, the eternal churning of souls that is even now restarted now that mortals have been reintroduced into the multiverse, thanks in part to your actions. As the wheels of hell begin to turn again, thanks oh, to the works escaped. of Cherish Ironstrike. Yep, that has not escaped her, uh, <laughs> her guilt-ridden thought process. Believe me. Elliot, you receive a second message on Twitter. Again, not altogether strange in these times, especially as the service is quickly circling the drain as I date this episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is a second link from that same strange account. It's a very funny What do you do when you see that too. second message come in? <laughs> mm -hmm. Just so the audience is aware. It's extremely funny. It was created as a gag between you and your dungeon master, Mike Gergoni. Good, good friends. You both kind of brainwaved into it at the same time. Why wouldn't you have gone with Snackalar420 as the name <laughs> of a diver account? Who wouldn't? But what do you do when the second message comes? <laughs> uh, laugh pretty hard. <laughs> uh do you look at the second link? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I saw it. I saw it. What does it show? Uh, it shows another early uh, fucking sad stuck uh, <laughs> picture I made about Cherish's quote unquote family. Uh, this was uh, based on a uh, like a pose base that I found on Pinterest um, of a, a mother with a, a baby in her lap uh, that is laughing and reaching for the father who is kind of on his elbows yeah olivia's nodding because i have show i did show her this i believe it's not on the website because i did tell mike hey i basically traced this pose uh <laughs> um and it is depicting cherish and early early concept uh cherish mom and just a you know vaguely reminiscent design of my thoughts of Mephistopheles and other references from the internet. Um, it's much more wholesome. I, In fact, Mike, I don't know if you're go going anywhere with this, but 
if you recall, there are two versions of this piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. What does the caption say? Uh, why does he smile? Cherish, you can't help but think of those brief moments spent in a laboratory while you were blitzing around the multiverse before everything went to Flinders. Those strange, cooled tubes, the implication that you are not a you, but a we. Yeah. That there may be so many different versions, copies, iterations of you, them, us. Are you the prototype? Are you a finished product? These are thoughts that have lingered for the last five years, here and there. But you remember the doddering old devil found in that lab that claimed to be Mephistopheles, that said he invented hellfire, you know. If that is Mephistopheles, if that is your father, what does that mean? The implications of that have haunted you for years now. And the answers you were able to get in your early days here in the City of Brass are almost non-existent. Interlayer communications is a thing. Your messages to Valor occasionally have gotten through and he's messaged you back. But the ability to garner information from Cania and from the Archdevil himself has been almost non-existent. What you do know is that there is a figure on the throne of Cania named Mephistopheles that is taking care of the day-to-day -day business that bears no resemblance to the doddering old devil you found in that basement lab. So what are you, Cherish? Are you a child ripped from the arms of an unwilling mother? Are you the child of a happy couple working some towards some dark end? Are you even real? Elliot, you get one last message from the account. It is the first one that includes text, and it asks a single question. What is that question? Are you alive? You ponder that question, Elliot. You ponder that question, Cherish. Shay, a figure, will lean forward on the stage and grip the microphone and look you dead in the eyes and ask, Well, what did you say to her? What did you say to her, Shay? Oh, yeah, of course. And the crowd around you will laugh. It was a very funny joke. They're unused to that here. That's a good punchline for this whole setup, too. Of course you're alive. Mara will consider that for a moment and then say, Excellent. Thank you, Shay. Oh, of course, kiddo. Anytime. And your work improving your security continues at a pace. Cool. The next couple of days aren't super eventful unless there are things that the four of you want to address immediately. You're waiting for materials to finish your chamber. There is going to be a prisoner transfer here soon, as Prontus Machius is given under the custody of House Rakasa. That is something that Layla is able to figure out. 
And in the meantime, y'all are just kind of chilling. Beach episode. Beach episode. Yeah. <laughs> Can I uh, pull Amari aside at some point? Um, for for a quick quick conversation. Yeah. It's a well, um, it's lovely meeting your wife. Uh, she seems very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did where did the two of you meet? School. I mean, where where do a lot of people meet? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um. What did you first see in her that made you think, yes, this person, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? Well, um, can I ask why you want to know so much about my wife? Well, I just met her, and you know how curious I am. Yeah, yeah, okay, um, well, um, she, she, uh, she, she kicked my ass. Hmm. Yes, she seems very tough. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty good at that. Yes. And you love her? Yes. And you Why trust her? You trust your wife? Yes. So... Do you not? Why didn't you tell her about the Archproctor? Or the nature of our work? Or who we were working for specifically? She asked me about that. And I didn't know if I should be honest. So I wasn't. First off, how do you know I haven't had that conversation with her? Maybe she's testing you. Mm, Could be. But I don't think that's the case. The reason why I haven't had that conversation with her was because we were dealing with the problem at hand. She told me not to worry about that. Yes. But why did she... Why did she ask me about it? Why not just ask you? I feel like I'm being interrogated, Oswald. Do you have something to say? Your wife exhibits qualities that I recognize. There's an ambition behind her decision-making process. An ambition that I've seen in myself and in my siblings and in my family. Do I need to clarify as to why that might be troubling? Do you know why? She's doing anything that she's doing? No, but that's why I'm asking you. Okay, maybe you should go ask her yourself. Hmm. Did you know that in the fight in the hangar of our ship, she briefly considered... Well, I guess I can't clarify that. I'm not a mind reader. But based on the footage that was recorded... It seems like she debated as to whether or not I should be shot. I don't yeah, know why you would like know her. that. This is me telling you for the first time. It's the first time I've mm-hmm. said it out loud, actually. Do you want a drink? No, I'm good. Oh, just me then. Yeah, just you. So it is so, a conversation you're planning on having soon, then, with her? Yes. All right. I just want to... Make sure that this is somebody we can rely on. And I'm concerned that maybe she's using us. If she is using us, Oswald, she has done far more for us than most people have. So... You're not wrong. Maybe consider that. Of course. I don't mean to um, 
I didn't mean to bring this up as a way to offend you. That was very much not my intention, but... Mm. Well, the way she questioned me was off-putting, and the way she behaves is reminiscent, and it gave me a feeling, a hunch. A hunch that I hope is wrong, because I know you, Amari. The hunch is that she has dipped into uh, ambition. Ambition is a powerful force. It makes people act in ways they didn't know they could. I just want to know that I can trust her. And if you trust her, and I trust you, then I trust her. I trust her to do what's right for me, for herself, for our family. Oh, that's good. So the next time she asks pointed questions about me or us or what we're doing, I'll just direct her to you. How does that sound? Sounds good, Oswald. Is there anything else you needed? No, that's it. Lovely chatting with you. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let us assume that that conversation had was had fairly shortly after you left the military installation. Oh yeah, I'd want to ask it immediately. Mm -hmm. So I guess Amari, in the next couple of days, it will be the 29th of Hirnal. And the materials that are needed to create your isolation chamber will arrive. The work can begin. You can probably finish that in about a day with the help of some of the people you could get from the military base to help that. Engineers and whatnot. But are there any other important conversations, I suppose, that need to happen before that occurs? Well, I mean, it sounds like I need to have a conversation with my wife about her ambition. Okay. And you've had pieces of that conversation already. There were questions about why she was doing what she did. Why play the game anymore when she had no interest in doing that before? And she made it, at least what she told you, Omari, was that her intention was to play this game so that the things that happened to you didn't happen to anybody else. She wants to build a better hegemony because she thinks that it failed you specifically. Now, whether or not that's 100% true, do you trust your wife? You didn't question it at the time, but Oswald's words, do they eat at you? I mean, yeah, they would, to a certain degree. The political ambition is something new, granted, Amari's been away for uh, a good chunk of time, so people can change, but it seems very out of character for her, but who knows? Yeah, well, then does that conversation need to happen? I leave that to you. Uh, I think it would. Okay. In that case, you would have that conversation sometime in the next two days. Okay. I, I don't know if you want to actually roleplay that or if you just want to say you get everything out in the open with Layla. I'll get everything out in the open. I uh, I feel like I, I hogged the last episode, so I don't think that, that needs to happen here and this now. This is an Amari-centric arc. We are dealing with your family and the hegemony proper. Well, uh... We'll uh, we'll fast track that and we'll say that conversation happens. Okay. I guess, is there, and I asked this before, but I guess now is the final nail in the coffin here. 
is there anything that you leave out? Or are you literally telling her everything about Mara, about the Arch Proctor, everything? Um, I, in an effort to uh, ensure that I have trust um, and make sure that, you know, if this winds up biting me in the ass somehow as like a player, but, uh, yeah, I, Amari would share everything. He is attempting okay. to fix his marriage, and this is this is the way that he goes about it. Yeah, absolutely. Secrets don't make friends. Do you tell her about the conversation you just had with Oswald? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And she is just as frank with you in this second conversation as she was in the first. If anything, she's maybe a little bit more open with you now that you don't have other matriarchs breathing down your neck. You have a little bit of breathing room and she feels a little bit more secure in her own power. Now she can kind of let her collar down a little bit and she is really worried about you dealing with an organization like the Cole foundation. The idea that you're serving some kind of weird Er, mystery entity that can read minds and project false realities and it has the services of an astro level wizard that can just zip around the galaxy and is located in a strange off the grid location that you still have never been to. Mm-hmm. Those are all red flags. <laughs> it's the hand you're dealt. <laughs> that being said, at least. All evidence points to the fact that the Cole Foundation and the Arch Proctor specifically seem to be having altruistic motives. Nothing they've done so far leads you to believe that they're, other than the secrecy, leads you to believe that there's a sinister ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. That could still be the case. You don't know. But if there's some grander scheme behind the Cole Foundation, it is not apparent and obvious. And so she'll look into it discreetly because this she is aware that this is a secret that you are betraying to her, which is a big bridge of trust that you're building right now because you were explicitly told not to tell anybody about the Arch Proctor. I mean, when when that comes, I will uh, like if if anyone on, in, on the ship gets mad at that or like if uh Mr. Zen has issue with that then that is that is a conversation I'm willing to have with they're, them. They're husband but, and like, wife. They can't testify know. against each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fine. Like clarification. They can't be compelled to testify <laughs> against <laughs> each other. Look, Amethyst Aeth, I can do a lot of stuff. That's all I'm saying. Um, that won't hold it up in court. can't permeate the bonds of marriage. This is established space lore fact. <laughs> there are whole law practices that are all married to one another for this explicit reason. Uh, <laughs> oh, and spy agencies? Oh, my God. I know this mm-hmm. is fake lore, but honestly. I don't know. It's real now. There is a large space lawyer ship called the Advocacy, uh, which practices such methodologies. Canon. Hell yeah. It's brought down whole civilizations. <laughs> well, it is the chief rival of the House of Contracts. So, um, all right. So that conversation happens and you 
get the little fire emblem upgraded social link to <laughs> a value. Oh yeah. With your now wife. Now I understand relationships. <laughs> all, all the way to A? Wow, that's impressive. You guys I mean, might, it ain't S. I know. I'm just saying. But that means that it's Yet. in the realm of possibility. You could stay married by the end of the... No, that's big. She really appreciates you opening up like that, especially commenting on Oswald's story about her thinking about killing him. She definitely says it crossed her mind. I mean, coming from her point of view, her killing Oswald solves so many of her problems. So, yes. you know, it's like, of course, yeah, I, I appreciate you not killing Oswald, though. At the end of the day, I... The thought crossed my mind, and it was immediately squashed by the follow-up of, don't kill your husband's friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have many of them, so I like to keep them around. The fact that you've even made any friends while out and about is honestly kind of astounding. I'm trying to say I'm not very social. What do you, what, I'm a social butterfly. You can get Everyone out more. Knows this. Okay, mister, have my drink and sit in the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I look cool. Uh-huh. At the end of the two days, Layla makes it clear that you have a couple of options. Either she can accompany you aboard the Tiresian and effect this prisoner transfer. And so it would be your crew, plus her, plus your prisoner, going to new holdings that she is securing that are now owned by Pride Rakasa. She now controls a small moon elsewhere in the Eastern Reach that is belongs to her and your family. That's Does it have a secret moon base? I was going to say, suggestion about this new moon and... Right now, it simply has a serial number and some mineral rights attached to it, and that's it. Are you cool. It needs name a name. It? Needs yeah. infrastructure. Excellent. Excellent. Alternatively... She can requisition house forces of her own pride to come here, grab the prisoner, fly him to this new place that they're setting up. And you can be off on your adventures, continuing what you need to do to try to take down Aegis Tech. Because lest we forget the over-objective here, Aegis Tech is still out there. They still want you all dead or captured, because Mera is the most valuable thing in the galaxy to them. I mean, it would be super fun to go to our own moon base. But I don't I don't want to make that decision for everyone. So if, if people want to go to a secret moon base, that's that's our own, if there is one. Um, that could be fun. I, I guess th that that question would be posed to the, the crew. Um, okay. I guess, what is everyone else's opinion on that? Who's all in the room right now? Um, before we get to... I'm, I'm assuming that conversation probably happens on the 29th before you're getting ready to leave. Okay, fair enough. Before that happens, is there anything else that needs to occur within those two-day period? There are maybe some meta dives that need to happen. I, mean, I don't actually, know if that needs to be addressed quite yet. Yeah, because like... I was wanting to do that before we left Nirind. I didn't realize we were going to be doing that so soon. Um, it's been almost a turn span. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Because mm. I'm, I am still wrestling with the, do I want to tell everybody about the whole Ariel thing? Because I haven't told anybody about it yet. Um, nope. Because I really want to do it, but I don't want anyone to stop me because they are going to because it's dangerous. But also I don't want to go do it alone. How about I actually, yeah, let's have the 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 conversation, both of those conversations now. So the this you proposing the meta dive is happening during the same conversation that by the way, we have a couple of options before we leave. Yes. That these conversations are coterminous. I am okay. Going, I I would like for that to happen because as soon as the before we leave gets brought up, <laughs> Shay's like, uh, so actually, in terms of... We'll say this is happening in the mess of yeah. the Tiresian. Everyone's gathered. You have the four of you, plus Kala, plus uh, Vesnus. Before we leave, leave the planet and go anywhere else. So... The Fey Presence that scrubbed through all of the ship. I did some scrubbing of my own to kind of see if I could track down what it might have been and what it might have seen and taken anything. Nothing was gone, but they did leave behind a signature. And I'm not sure if anybody know would know about this. Carla, you might, but there's a hacker on the Metanet called Ariel, and they have the information about the Tiresian now. And I did some stuff to get their attention and get a meeting. And I would like to do this because I want to make sure that nothing is going to happen with the information about the Tiresian. Because otherwise we should just probably get a new ship and I'm not really sure like how much we want to do that. And also, you know, I'm doing a demo right now, renovation, so it's going to really affect the resale value. Uh, when you say a, a, a hacker named Ariel, you don't mean the hacker named Ariel. Oh, you do? Oh, yes, you do. I do, I do. Oh. With the windmill, the windmill logo and everything. The windmill. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. So, wait, this this aerial's associated with the Court of Air. Actually, Mike, do I know that? Or is that just sort of a guess? Do you know what? That aerial is associated with the Court of Air. You're making some supposition there. So this is a trap. (laughs) I mean... Probably. Presumably. It's at the f- <laughs> like, listen, I haven't gotten to the worst part yet. <laughs> the meeting <laughs> can only be accessed through a, a meta dive. So it is most yeah, sure. That is trapped. the worst part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's in a fucking basement. <laughs> yeah. The mo- <laughs> I gotta get the, the least. <laughs> the worst part about the fuck the goddamn meeting is that it's in a fucking meta diving room. <laughs> That is pretty bad, yes. Did they say... I mean, yeah. They just said, come to this room that can only be... Or come to this meta space just because? Did they say they wanted to... It's just an open invitation. Kala will look at you with her most serious face. Yeah, 
Kala's just been, ha- she's got it coming and going here. I don't know why she's still with us, TBH. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone should ditch us, it's her. <laughs> Do not go. I, I, I tend to, I, I think I agree. Yeah, because what is, what is the most to, to gain uh, from this? Uh, what, what is, what is the goal, I suppose? The end goal? Uh, the goal for me. The goal in my eyes is that the people who are after us don't have one more thing that makes us vulnerable. Even more vulnerable than we already are. We just went through all of this shit to get the Formian generator to mask our signature. Okay, I started the actual project with the isolation chamber after all of this, but it was like I've been thinking about doing it. So like, you know... The sunk cost fallacy has presented itself already. I just... So you you think there's a chance that they haven't already divulged all this? I mean, that's... That is the other thing. I I don't know. Ariel is fickle at the best of times. There's... And again, I'm making some suppositions about their connections with the Court of Air. I just... I have a feeling that it might not be too late. It does bring to mind a question. And that question the question is, why uh, us? We're not generally the kind of target of Ariel's attention. So why unless, our ship? Unless they already knew there was something on board. Which would make sense. There is a price on our heads. Yeah. Yes. It's not what they normally get up to, which is the other odd thing about it. Vesnus will raise her hand. Yes, Vesnus. You know, you don't have to raise your hand every time. You can just you can just talk. But if you I'm want sorry, to, raise your hand, raise you can. Orderly. It it is a cogrish thing. Yeah. It is yeah, polite. Being so I, can't, I can't even raise my hands over my head. So. Well done. I, uh, I will learn to appreciate my hand raising more. Mm. Um, when did this aerial get onto our ship? It was during mercenary attack. Yes. yes? When the uh, when the Fey blocking systems were turned off. Yes, that was. Lots of things were turned off at that mm-hmm. time. Um, you could say everything was. Not no, everything. some things were only, definitively only, turned yeah, on. Yeah, only the stuff oh, you're right, that had you're right, already yes. been on. Yeah, right. Everything was flipped yeah, to its I'm... opposite position, and we don't really need to dwell on it. I've given Florian enough shit, I think. It was not my point. It was mostly that we, our systems came under attack from those same mercenaries, yes? yes? And um, and Fezness will kind of like look up and around, and Mera fought them off, and Mera's voice will chime in and say, "Yes, I did." And Fezness will glance back down, her bald head kind of reflecting the the pale light in this space, and she'll say, with kind of a like she's going through some thoughts in real time, if they attacked us at the same time but they were not working together uh, that is the impression I've been getting I've got we've gotten yeah um 
probably Ariel was not working with them as well? Uh, probably not. But we don't know. That is what our problem is, yes? Yes. We don't know a lot of things. And she'll look at you, Amari. The the good ones, the ones that got inside, mm. they were Imperial, yes? Seems like it, yeah. At least some of them. Uh, well, Empire and Court of Air, they are tight. Mm. They are buddy-buddy. This is not. But they had their own hackers trying to get in. Wouldn't make sense for them to be working together. Just saying, if they had a fae, why would they need their own hacker? Hmm. You might be onto something with maybe this Ariel did not share information. Is a free free agent, maybe. Which is still very, very bad. And Kala will nod emphatically. Kala will say, There is no good that can come of this, Shay. You saw how the Fae had gotten their grips on Asclipsis. Yes, I and I've been thinking about it. I'm pretty sure I'm okay in terms of like changing stuff because I don't really think they'd like want a void touched body. I think that that's probably bad for them. Vesnus will kind of like lean back and kind of like nod appreciatively. It's just like, oh yeah, that is a good point. Kala will shake her head like, God, everything is terrible. Yeah, hey, look, (laughs) again, Kala, girl, why are you here? Uh, (laughs) I love you, but... um... (laughs) Because she is still on that fucking magic carpet ride and you are showing her the world, that's why. (laughs) Shining, shimmering splendor. Turns out that when you are locked in one place for indeterminate periods of time but this is like, and your best friend dies yeah but, <laughs> but this is like and you live on a weird horrible corpo world yeah, but this <laughs> is like if after the whole new world sequence jasmine was the one who got like thrown off the cliff by the guard <laughs> <laughs> and aladdin was fine <laughs> I don't know, we're Aladdin in this and none of us are fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if Jasmine got thrown off the cliff and then smash cut to Aladdin being in fucking Antarctica or whatever. Um, Hmm. Did I not just have a whole metaphor last episode about deep waters and falling into them? Yeah, so right, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad all around, but I think because of other irresponsible actions I've taken in my life, I kind of have an ace up my sleeve. So, right, the void touch thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, being a changeling is not well. Mm, I'm not going to say that, but I think that there are probably worse things that I could happen in this situation I that I'm going to put myself. I don't into. know if that's true. I don't. I don't know if that's true. What is worse than somebody else piloting your body for you? You know what, Oswald? You're right. I'm so sorry. That was very insensitive of me. It's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Um... All I have to say. One thing. One thing. Yes. Yes. We made Ariel having information on our ship is not great. We just we just got it upgraded. We just got the part. It was a whole thing getting the whatever. But 
What is more irreplaceable to our team? The ship or you, Shay? I am of the opinion that you, Shay, are less replaceable. Yes, I need to make sure I was saying that correctly. You, you are irreplaceable. Okay, you cannot be replaced. Not easily, though. Right? Yes, I, I realize I said it in a weird way, and I corrected myself. Yes, yes. Should have corrected it before I said it, but we got there. We got there. We got got there. there. By gods, we got there. Yes. Well, how about this? Is there anything we can do to this ship to make it that makes it so whatever information Ariel has on us is no is is no longer applicable? Getting a new ship? Well, without getting a new ship. Granted, I'm pretty sure we've got a line on something. We could probably get. Right. I like the ship. I this is a great ship. It's a great ship. If I had to choose between the ship and Shay, I'd, I'd pick Shay. No, of course. I think the problem is we don't know what this Ariel yeah. has, necessarily. Mm. Mm. Well, if they're Fae, I'm sure it can all be boiled down to some sort of deal, right? Yeah, that that's right. the other, other thing, is that, I mean, Shay said this was an open invitation, but it might be better to make friends with the entity who has all of this back backdoor information about about us and also possibly Mara right. rather than it's your invitation Shay that's true I say it's up to you Kala stands up and leaves the table makes sense and she walks down the hall she looks like she's heading towards her room just gotta make sure that whoever goes in there doesn't get stuck so we don't completely re-traumatize uh our friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I, I, it wasn't like I wasn't. It wasn't like I was going to go alone. I just was struggling about when and how to bring us up and who it was going to be. Everybody, or if I was just going to, I don't know, pull Florian in. Hmm. I think that it's. I think it's a risk worth taking. If you were to meta dive. Would a deal have to happen in order for you, for this Ariel to take control of your body? Would would a deal have to happen? Yes. A fey bargain? Uh, as far as I know. So perhaps. Anyway. Changeling status can be coerced, but it is always, at least on paper, a willing participant yeah. that does it. Right. So perhaps if you went in with the expectation that a deal was to be made... And you were careful about it, then perhaps. Yeah. Because because I do agree. We, we need to know what they know or don't know. And we need to make sure that that information doesn't get out. Hmm. From down the hall behind you, you hear a bit of a racket. You're not quite sure what it is. Oswald, you're intimately familiar with this sound. It is the sound of a lot of 12 loco cans being shoved into a pile. Empty or full? Empty. Um, excuse me, I need to, um, check on, um, excuse me. And I think he'll run down the hallway and and check on Kala. Okay. Uh, that's a quick jaunt down the hall, and you see that the room into Kala's, the door into Kala's room is open. And there are lights on, and you can see that she is finishing up throwing the last of 
uh, 12 loco cans into a bag, and she is shoveling some uh, crap off of a desk into that same bag. You're pretty sure this is a garbage bag of some kind. She is just, like, shoveling stuff into. The most striking thing that you immediately notice as you look into her room is the meta-diving rig that she has set up on her bed. Oh. And she'll look over her shoulder as you come in, and she'll say, If she's gonna do this, we're gonna do it here. Right. If anyone could protect her, if anyone could protect Shay, then I suppose it would be you. Fuck that. I'm not gonna be the one protecting her. It's gonna be... And she'll point up at the ceiling. Right. Yes. Have you been using this? No. I've been building it. It's done, though. Haven't, haven't been able to bring myself to... Yes. And she will finish putting the last of the garbage into the bag as her sentence kind of falters. And she will kind of tie the bag up without turning back around. And she says, I think we just need to do this. Yeah. Yes. Get it out of the way. It, it'll work. I know it'll work. But I haven't, um, I haven't used it myself yet. Well, I'll... I'll go grab, um, Shay. Let me, let me finish cleaning up, please. Of course, yes, yes. Uh, and he'll kind of take an extra glance at the bag full of empty 12 loco and scuttle off. And pretty soon, Kala comes back out, a garbage bag under one arm, and looks to you, Shay, and then glances up and says, for the first time inside the ship, Mera? And Mera will say, Yes, Kala. Kala will say, If Shay dives using the rig I have in my room, will you be able to go with them? Mera will say, In theory, yes. While remaining tethered to the Tiresian, of course. And Kala will look back down and glance towards you, Shay. Well, at least I don't have to get all dressed up. The revelation that Kala was building this in her room has some grim implications yeah. about what she was planning to do with it. So let those sink in. But she is willing to help in this. And if that is a thing you want to do right now, that is a possibility. Um, is there anything else? Uh, we didn't actually really talk about what we're doing when we leave. Uh, right. I believe Amari was saying something and then Shay was like, hey, I've got something to say. And yeah, it is sort of like Amari stopped talking. Whole conversation. Right. It happens, it's fine. You were saying, saying something about options. About a moon base? Yes. Well, do you have a couple options? Mentioned something about a moon base? Yes. Uh, weirdly <laughs> enough, we uh, might have our own moon base. I don't know. I don't know. Right now it's a moon. Whether or not there's actually a base there we can utilize, I I don't know. Um, but <laughs> will our possible. names be like registered to it, like from a legal perspective? No. If somebody were to look at no. the the oh okay, very much not. No, it would probably okay. be some sort. So of how would one, you know, how would but how would if I if. One of us was Are you to trying to itemize your assets. We, I, like, would you, you like you, us? You, to, I'm just saying. Would you like us to call it the Oswald Octavian Theophilus the Third Memorial Moon Base or something? 
Well, not memorial that implies that I've passed and we've gone past that. Do you want to buy a brick out in the courtyard? Like, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) Just, it's, having a moon base seems very impressive. Right. Uh, Okay, I should say, it's not ours, the crew, it is... Uh, theoretically, it's my wife's and 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 her apps, right. So, right. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. That 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 makes sense. Yes. Yeah. It's like ours, as in Pride Rakasas, because right. We're I guess we are also the, Pride Rakasas. Yeah. Right. Mean, you're all technically assets now of yeah. Pride Rakasa. So. Florian mm. like cracks his neck to one side and cracks it like audibly to the other side. Yeah, Florian, I know it's not ideal. That is a term to describe what it is. Mm-hmm. But hey, Moonbase. So we have the option of going there, uh, perhaps making certain adjustments to things. It would be away from here. Um, or we have the option of, I don't know, continuing on with what we were doing. Uh, well... <laughs> What were we doing? As far as I know, we were looking for contacts for resources. We found that here in Pride Casa, but uh, I guess we didn't really think about what the next step was. Well, if we uh, if we happen to go to the moon base, or uh, again, I'm saying moon base like it is a assured thing. I don't know. It could be a, a small research outpost, a mining outpost. I I, I don't know, but it would be able. We would be able to hopefully gain some more information from our prisoner. I don't. I don't. I, I don't like saying that we have a prisoner. That sounds weird to me. Yeah, I don't hate the moon base because, like, since it's your wife's, we might actually like be able to. I don't know. Leave the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, without. We might be able to requisition some other of... equipment. Yeah, and also like. You know, the vibes here are very tense, so... So, moon base. Well, first, uh, Shay diving and then moon, moon yeah. base. Is that, right. is that the... Uh, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Seems like a good... You, you said the invitation doesn't have, a, uh, doesn't have a due date. Nope. There's no specific date associated. Nope. Okay. Just but I did get it today, so I have, you know, time. Okay. I, two days uh, ago. I got it two days ago. To, you know, who knows. <laughs> time is like a... You know, could potentially go first, dive second, though I don't know how far away this thing is. Yes, where is this? It'd be a bit of a trip. You are currently still in the southern reach, not super far away from Galbor. Hmm. This holding would be closer to Vast Plain, which is in the eastern reach. It's not far. Galactically speaking, probably, if you think about a clock, if Gobwar is straight down the six o'clock, then Vast Plane would be at about four. Okay. So, galactically speaking, it's not as far as, it's by far not even close to the longest journey you've taken, but it would be a decent amount of time. It would, yeah. it would be a, a, a probably close to... I would say half a turn spans worth of warping for the Tiresian specifically. Yeah. All right, then maybe not so much. I was hoping for a more, you know, stable environment for which to dive. 
But well, I guess we'll do the diving then. Uh, I say we, Shay. Yeah, I'm I'm up first. Is this is this a single per like is this only one person can use this? All right, mm-hmm. see that I don't feel great about. Well, it's not like anybody could that. come this with me. This is a me solo anyway. rig that um, that's not impossible, I'd imagine, but not impossible, but it would it would definitely be rude. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Ariel is fickle at the best of times. I don't want to accidentally. I guess technically, Mira will be with you anyway. Yeah, mm. but I imagine that's a bit of a special circumstance. Well, I mean, Oswald, you said the person that you were having a conversation with couldn't see Mira, right? Is there anything? Is that because of your implants? Uh, I don't actually know why they configure? could not. Uh, I I could not ascertain as to why specifically they could not perceive Mira. Perhaps Mira is uh, advanced in in her programming, elusive. We know you're advanced in your programming, honey. Well, that's true. Yes, but in that specific way. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, Florian. Then, are we getting to it right now, or are we waiting? What's to wait for? Yeah. Well, there was just like a like Cop. a brief brief pause here where none of the actors in this in this <laughs> audio oh, play yes. were yes. talking, so I was trying to yes. move it along. <laughs> mm, very meta. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Carla will say, "If we're going to do this stupid fucking thing, we should just do it now." I agree. Yes, get it over with. I'm of that same mind. And. She will start moving back towards her room where this is set and up. And she will pop up out of the chair. Going into Kala's room, there's definitely a bit of a lingering smell in this yeah. place. Like, it's very clear she was in here for days and never left. As long as we leave the door open, we'll get some circulation in here. Yeah, there's maybe a reason she did that. Mm. Uh, Smells better than and my she room. she got most of the food waste up off of the floor and desk space. You can see that she has built a... You don't even know where she got the parts for this. And you don't know, like, how she managed to cobble this together, but it is, like, wire filament that was probably, like, spares from the engineering bay. You see that there's little, like, strips of metal that were bent to create some of these parts that were clearly, like, leftover shreds that might have come off of, like discarded pieces of tucks. There are like little bits and scraps that like clearly she just obsessively collects little odds and ends that might be useful. Like I mean, any good person who's built bag. their own computer, there's like little screws and wires and you never know when you're gonna need a spare RAM card and Yeah, like any like any good crafter I've got felt that I've never used in my life, but what if I need it? Exactly. But you never know. Exactly. But what, specifically what it is, is what appears to be a crown or a headdress. What it is is kind of a band that would fit around the head, though in kind of a halo capacity. Because there are small amethyst, aethite capacitors, which are 
coming out of the band and pointing at specific spots along the the skull and cranium. There is a large, almost artificial-looking spinal cord built into the bed that is laid down and kind of inlaid into the mattress. It's clear she's, like, cut open the mattress to place this artificial, long, cerebral interface uh, along the where the spine will lay, and there are little nodes of uh, aethite uh, poking up along there. This thing would probably not be super comfortable. This is absolutely a like DIY massage chair looking thing. Where was she sleeping? Was she sleeping? Sleep is for the week. Good questions all around. There is no IV present. That is something you would usually see with diving rigs, at least like at diving lounges that you can go to in any major city, there would be like, oh, and if you want for the, a little extra bonus, you can have an IV drip so you don't dehydrate while you're metadiving. There doesn't appear to be a safety built into this thing. Most diving rigs you would be aware of would have some kind of lever or mechanical thing near where your hands would rest that you could touch or pull that would immediately pull the rig you out of the rig in some way whether it's removing the headpiece or disconnecting you in some fashion that's not here nice 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 the computer that it is hooked up to it looks like kala has basically taken the panels off of the wall where her like personal comms equipment would normally just like plug in to charge and she has rerouted ship's power into a larger console that she's built up out of the wall here to handle processing somebody's entire consciousness into the metal net like you do like you do like i said there are some semi-grim details to this that it it really does feel like maybe this was planned as a one-way trip Oh. oh girl yeah but She's now showing it to you and letting you use it in a way that maybe there's a corner being turned yeah. here. Yeah, hopefully. 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 This is reminding and me of a very sad story from my middle school days, and I won't share it, but... That is fair. But none of that is commented on as Kala helps you into the rig. She assures you that she will be here the whole time, monitoring things, and what is going to be your, like... It's called a flinch signal. It's for divers who they don't have a ton of motor control while they're diving. That's most diving rigs prevent that from happening. So you don't like try to run while you think you're in the meta net playing some kind of game or whatnot. But you can, if you know what you're doing, you can flinch in certain ways. So a flinch signal is what a diver can do to signal somebody on the outside that they need to be pulled out. It is a physical safe word. Right. Uh, oh, question. And this hasn't, these haven't come up in a while. Um, so my cursed hands are mm-hmm. not my flesh hands. Mm-hmm. So could they function better while, uh, not better, but like, cause I know they're still like attached to nerves more or less, but like, Mm-hmm. Could they be more functional than a, like, just regular flinch response? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Okay. Um, 
you could have any manner of executable commands that you have pre-programmed into your hands. Okay. Uh, probably a shave have and you, a haircut. Have your flinch be the double Oh bird. no, it should be double birds. Doublebird.exe yeah. is just saved in a file somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's it's not that it's not that well named. It's named like poop butt exe or something like that. <laughs> poop, poop but uh, no, it's just a key mash. Key mash underscore five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you get laid down on this bed. It's maybe a little bit bigger than sized for someone larger than yourself, like I don't know, Ataro, yeah. but. It, with a couple of adjustments, it's easy enough. You feel the little pinpricks of the amethyst aethite touching your scalp. You feel the slightly uncomfortable jabs of the nodes of other crystals up along your spine that kind of touch certain points. And you can immediately feel the, the liquid sensation of aether running through your extremities as you feel the connection more readily with this. As a wizard... Walking into this room, you could already feel the connection with this out into the meta net. Yeah. Honestly, laying here is a perfunctory step for you. You could do this without touching any of yeah. this. Will this help and reinforce your connection? Absolutely. But you just, with your wizard senses, could tell if you'd known this was here, you could have been meta diving this whole time. Yeah. As you lay down, are there any last words? <laughs> uh... See it on the other side? No. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> you guys won't be there. And that's that's it. Okay. Kala hits a button. Everyone else looks on as Shay's eyes go wide and pearly with that opalescent energy of their aether. There's no dramatic shift in the air. Shay's body just goes still. Their eyes open just like they looked when they took over the Tyresian a few days ago. And Shay, honestly, the experience is similar-ish, except that rather than replacing all of your physical sensations with all new physical sensations of being some new aether-powered object or whatnot, now there is this liquid filtering sensation as you enter a vestibule, a waiting room. There is a brief sensation of liquid pouring out of your body. This like a like an egg cracking over your head and dripping down across your skin. And suddenly you're standing between two enormous serpents intertwined in each other, wrapping around their heads, bobbing back and forth, staring off into the distance with bright, gleaming crystal eyes. Just behind you, seemingly built into the coils of one of these serpents, is a hedge. And at the center of that hedge, there is a small gated door. The door opens, and you can see just beyond that door, there's this vast rolling garden with bright sunshine and, like, an orchard built up. And there's a swing set that you can see in the distance. And it is not the same sky or horizon that is just above the scales of those, like, serpent coils that you can see beyond when you look up. But when that gate opens, you can see outlined in that bright sunny day is a small girl in a sundress whose 
hair is this like multitude of colors and she will traipse towards you and the door will shut behind her and Mara will say, hello, Shay. Hey, Mara. Do you, uh... And what does Shay look like in the meta net? Uh, I think, so their, their hair is like definitely different than it's been. It's like, you know, short in the back and kind of on the sides, but with like a very stylish mop top. Uh, and for now they're probably just wearing like what they were wearing when they started diving, which is, you know, probably some asymmetrical leggings again. And I don't know, like a off the shoulder sweater. Been thinking about changing my hair. I kind of want to feel what it's like. Mm -hmm. Mara has her elfin features, her kind of olive complexion with a big, bright, sunny smile. Uh, her strange, slightly cat-like eyes with their vertical pupils. And she will smile at you and uh, reach out a hand to hold yeah, yours. absolutely. And that makes her smile even bigger when you hold her hand. I love this kid. Uh, do you have any questions before we, before we get going? I have a great many questions, but none that are pertinent to this particular instance, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that we kind of talked about it as a group uh, on the Tiresian, but this could be and probably is dangerous. So if I know that you're here to, to look after me, uh, but I'm also here to look after you. And if something happens and you, you can't get me out, I just I want you to come right back to the Tiresian. Hmm. I see. What are the parameters of such action? You said if something were to happen. That is a rather broad statement, Shay. That's that's true. If we find ourselves in a situation where I am stuck, going to be stuck, and you cannot get me out, I don't want you to feel like you have to stay or make any deals of your own with this Ariel. I want you to keep yourself safe. Fascinating. There is a hierarchy of needs here that I am considering. The need to protect you is among my subroutines now. But as is the need to protect myself and keep myself secret, as per your instructions. But now, the added thought of leaving you behind to save myself, adding that to the hierarchy does not feel good, Shay. I know. And, and at the end of the day, I can't make you do anything. This is true, but I appreciate your opinion. I want to. I want to make my my desires about the worst case scenario clear. I guess. If I am to understand this correctly, you're placing my safety above your own. Yes, that is yes. Fascinating. Thank you, Shay. You're welcome, Mira, and thank you for I don't know at least hearing me out. I'm glad we're having this conversation. I have so many more questions, but I do not think they will add to the current situation. Yeah, we kind of need to be on our way a little bit. All right, well, I'll kind of give her hand a squeeze. And she will squeeze it back and say, When we get back from this, I think we'll have to research moral relativism. You know what? Yeah, that'd be a, a really interesting line of, of research, I think. Cursory examination presents something called the trolley problem. I think I have the solution, but I will require more research. Okay, okay. Stuff like that, it's, it, there's not, 
You know what? Never mind. <laughs> it's not like a situation people. I'm fairly certain find. I have solved it. It's not like an actual situation people find themselves in. It's more of like a thought experiment. Um, uh, As I've said, I'll do more research upon our return. Good, 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 good. Uh, all right. Um, so, this open invitation. <laughs> Multi track uh-huh. drifting. Um, uh, so, this uh, open invitation, this room. Um, I would like to go to there. That's the wonderful thing about the MetaNet, mm-hmm. right? It moves at the speed of thought. Indeed. You want to go to there. And there you go. Before your eyes, the serpents, the coiling snakes that represent the systems of the Tiresian, shimmer and fade. And Mara's grip on your hand tightens a little bit more as suddenly you shift from the familiar to the unknown. Before you, you see a door. It is black. There is no apparent handle. There is a sliding shutter at about eye level. You are in an alley. It is cold and dark, and it, based on the moisture on the pavement, it has probably rained recently, but it is not raining now. You find your hand already having knocked, the sound echoing in that alley. The slat just in front of you opens briefly, and you see a set of dark, gleaming eyes, smoke aromatic pours out from that slot and you can hear as it opens muffled and distant the sound of laughter the laughter is strange because it is as though somebody had the idea of a laugh track but rather than having a bunch of people laughing at the same time creating a a maelstrom of sound in the form of multiple people laughing at different rhythms and paces around each other. It is a single voice repeated over and over and over again, laughing at the same time. Ha 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 ha. End. Ha 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 ha. End. The eyes will glance over you, and they seem to nod. Uh, the slat will close, and the door will open in. And I was going to say, when the slat opens, um, and they see Shay, like, their appearance has changed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the hair, like j- at least the outfit, anyway. Um, it's like black bodysuit and like a very oversized, like orange fox colored, um, like not coat, more of like a weird oversized shawl fur. Mm-hmm. You glance down and look for Mara who is not immediately apparent, though you can still feel her hand in yours. Looking close, you see that there is this kind of shifting glimmer in the light that is Mara-shaped. Beyond the door, there is a club. It is a nightclub of some kind. And it is apparently open mic night, the most treacherous of nights. This place is arranged in such a way that there are Low tables near the stage, and the tables kind of get progressively higher as you move away from the stage. And the stage is kind of at the center of this place, and the tables are arranged in what appears to be a spiral pattern, like a 
galaxy spiral that kind of centers in towards that focal point. And there's a figure on the stage occasionally leaning into the microphone telling really bad jokes. They're not funny. They're observational humor at its most coarse. Mm. What is the deal with airline food? Why do they serve it in such small portions? <laughs> Have you ever traveled? Why does travel take so long? Oh my god, Ariel is Jerry Seinfeld's. Looks exactly like Jerry Seinfeld. It's weird. He looks exactly like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> the figure is a very bland looking Midrian in a basic three-piece suit. <laughs> Why are houses so cold? Cannot they be warmer? Ha 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 ha. End. There's a staccato rhythm to the jokes and the laughter. There are people all throughout this club. And there is an open table near the stage. There is a spotlight on the stage. And there is a slightly dimmer spotlight on that table. The table has two chairs set there and otherwise it is empty. The room is full of other people. Each of the table has at least two, maybe three people there. You're sure they're people. You're almost certain they are people. There are people shapes at those tables, but when you look at them, you can't quite focus long enough to make out exactly what they are beyond the basic shape of somebody in a darkened club laughing at bad stand-up jokes. Isn't it the we weird the way the space is infinite? Ha 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 ha. And, <laughs> and there's a break in the spiral so that you can walk between the different tables as they kind of trail out from the center. And if you walk carefully straight ahead and slightly curve to the right, you will eventually reach that open table near the front of the stage. Uh, yeah, it seems that all signs point to that's where I gotta go. What is the deal with ears? They absorb sound waves. Ha 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 ha. End. You slowly walk in and move towards that empty table past the shapes of people making your way towards there. You don't see any staff in this place. There's a long bar off to the right up past these really tall tables that are taller than you, but you're sure there are people who are just standing at there leaning on the tables with their drinks in hand. But they're just people standing at these tables but the tables are taller than you but the people aren't taller than you because the people are definitely people shaped and people shapes don't get that tall isn't it strange how knees only bend one way ha 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 mm -hmm. and you make your way to that low table near the front near the stage the comedian is there holding the microphone up to his mouth death is weird is it not ha 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 and you sit down at the table yes you can feel Mara close to you, grabbing onto the faux fur at your shoulder. The comedian isn't looking at you. His back is to you. He's facing the crowd at the other side of the club. He is slowly pivoting so that he can address these jokes to the whole crowd, though eventually he will rotate back to be facing you. Why do we travel across the void when it kills so many? Ha 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 ha. End. You sit down at the table, and the jokes become muffled. The laughter becomes a distant sound. This is all happening as washed-out background noise now. <laughs> and another figure is now sitting at the table with you. He is slowly swirling a drink in one hand, and he will sniff it as though there is something to smell in this place. And 
he will smile and he will take a sip and he will glance at you. And you see that this figure looks like an elf, but an elf with lightly tinted blue skin with wild silver hair that comes forward in the most ridiculous pompadour you've ever seen in your life. He is wearing a big, wide, shoulder-padded suit that is flecked with little silver gemstones near its collar. There is a tie that is long and skinny that comes down and is a matte black over a silver, like, shiny uh, undershirt. The suit jacket is this... Uh, dark cerulean, like I said, with the with the silver speckles all over it that look like gemstones fitted into the cloth. And he, when he smiles, he does so with teeth that are just like way too white. They're the fake teeth kind of white, perfectly set in a row like tombstones in the background. <laughs> and the figure will look towards you and say... I'm surprised you accept it. It's not every day you get an invitation like this. I should say not. It's not every day somebody impresses me like you did. Flatterer. Flattery, I'm told, will get me everything. You'd be surprised. I do like surprises, which I think is why we're here. I would say so. So, Foxy. Ariel. What is it you... And he'll smile when you say the name. <laughs> you intrigue me. Shay will, sorry, I, this is an audio format. Uh, Shay will do what I just did, which is adjust position and put a, a chin on the hand as if to uh, mm -hmm. say continue. You're clearly looking for my attention. Well, you have it. Most of those who try to find me don't go about it in such a unique fashion. It feels a little forced, a little desperate a lot of times. You just rolled with it. So, here I am. I like when things roll. You know, it's interesting. You're so... You say... you. Uh, speaking of forced, this all feels a little... a bit too try-hardy as well. How do I know you're even really Ariel? So many other things in here are fake. <laughs> and he will lean back and open his arms wide, his drink sloshing a little bit, and he'll say, Isn't this what you were expecting? I have my own little construct corner of the metanet. I have built all of this just to lure you in, the creepy comedian. Isn't this the, the diver's image of what an aerial should be? I suppose. Does this work for you? It impresses some people. Not many have gotten here, I'll say that much. I guess more what I mean is, is it working for you? Do you like this? This image? Now, who are you asking that to? Are you asking me? Are you asking... And he'll point up. I will glance. And your eyes roll up slightly, glancing up at the vaulted darkness above you. You glance up and you see the Formica panels of the City of Brass branch of Hell. You glance up and you see the ceiling above you, Elliot Lewis. 
And he'll ask again, are you asking me? Do I like this? This? And he'll gesture at himself. Is this not what you were expecting? Were you expecting something else? It's strange. What were you expecting? (laughs) It's strange. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I'm not sure this was it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean, but do you know what you mean? Because you were expecting something. Expectation was the key. You're expecting me to what? Rolling here, flamboyant as the day is long, reveling in the fact that I breached all of your systems and twisted my way into systems you thought secure beyond that little creature you call Mera you keep in your ship and straight into the personal information that I found on all of you. McLeod Numerian, Theodora Valerianus. Names are interesting, don't you think? I love names. They're sticky. They stick to things. But sometimes we need to rip them away so that we can mash them up, make new ones, stick them onto other people, stick them onto ourselves. See, you have so many names. Foxy, Proxy. (laughs) That's a good one. Proxy. It's interesting. It's a stand-in for a name. Fletcher was pretty clever. Foxy being... It was very clever. And I love clever. I absolutely love clever. But you're expecting an Ariel that isn't... And he'll gesture down at the, the spangly, sparkly suit and the ridiculous hair. You're expecting... what? Some little troll living in a basement somewhere? No, because you know that I'm not the legendary metadiver, Ariel. That is its own little sticky construct. Delicious, isn't it? Everyone out there, all the little red caps thinking that I'm some great anarchist revolutionary? Delicious. The truth of the matter is that this, Ariel, is a hobby, a delightful sidetrack. How I get my jollies off. But you knew all that coming here, which is why I'm so absolutely curious as to why you went through with it. Because what do you know about Ariel? Not enough, and that's the point. Hmm. (laughs) Ah, the game is afoot, then. You see, that's the real, mm, delicious, delicious knowledge is what it all comes down to. What do you know? What do you know, Shianam? What do you know, wizard, metadiver? You know that I broke into your ship. Yes. You know that I stole knowledge. You know that I know things That you don't want me to know. What I don't know is what you're going to do with it. And that's the fun part. Because, and here, here is where things get really interesting. Because I don't know what you're going to do with what you know. 
And so we are at an impasse. Because what do you know about Ariel? Only what I can guess. But and let's say that? for the sake of the conversation that it is something I know. I know that you have some connection to the Court of Air. And that might be an understatement, considering kind of all of this. And he will hold up a single finger. That's one. I know that you are capricious by nature. That's a hard two. And I know that you could make a deal. <laughs> Deals. That's what it comes down to, Shay. That's what it comes down to, Cherish. That's what it comes down to, Elliot. Mm -hmm. Is deals. Deals. And bargains that you are making. Yeah. We love them. We love them all the way down. Deals. You see, that is what... Mm, that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> to make a deal is to forge a contract, an understanding, a sub set of knowledge between two individuals, something they share, a piece of information that only they have a complete understanding of. Isn't that interesting? To ensure a thing continues is a creation of a whole other tree of knowledge. And what sweet fruit it bears. Do you know what that fruit is, Shay? It is trust. And I hope we can trust each other. I think that is going to depend entirely on what this bargain is going to be. <sighs> I have given this so much thought. I have given this so much thought. Mike the GM has given this so much thought. The deal you see is this. I quite enjoy being Ariel. Ariel is fun. Ariel is whimsical. Ariel introduces a little bit of chaos into the dragon's wake that gives everyone a good time. It is a lark. Sure, but it is my lark. And I quite like my larks. And you, you have a dangerous secret aboard your ship. Now, let us assume that I know everything, because that is a very safe assumption about... Ariel, and he'll gesture at himself again. Okay, nod. Now, with that assumption established, is there anything you would like to tell me about your position here today? Bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? If you know everything, what could I say that you wouldn't already know? Yes, but remember the fruit, Shay. Trust. That is what we are trying to build here right now. Without looking away without breaking eye contact, Shay will say, go home. And Mara's grass will squeeze your arm slightly, but then it will dissolve and retreat. Ariel will place his drink down on the table and start rubbing his hands together, and he'll say, you see? Trust. Delicious. Do you have anything you'd like to tell me? Now, what I have to say, I did not... Oh, so much, so much! There's so much I could tell you! But we all work within certain parameters. Rules. So many rules. 
<sighs> so many rules. But what I have to say, I did not want to say in front of the child. Say what you will about Ariel, but I do not harm the innocent. And I believe she is just that. Unfortunately, she, or something like her, is a byproduct of a conflict that you are now caught up in. I apologize, but it's the truth. I wish you didn't have to play a part in this. I really do. I have several other irons in the fire that could probably have nipped this in the bud in the long term, but here we are. There are deep waters beneath you and yours right now. And as of the recent past, you've been swimming admirably. Doing a good job, I'm saying, between all of that affair on... Well, with those terrorist types and with the Arch Proctor getting all of his business in all of this and... Oh, the orcs. Don't get me started on the orcs. The fact that you've managed to keep your heads through all of this is incredible. But there are powers at work here, old powers, that want the child for reasons I cannot explain. Not because I do not know. Again, assume that Ariel knows all. It is because I cannot say. Are you following me so far? Yes, I am. Excellent. See? Trust. What we need is for her or those who know about her creation to disappear. That is the long and short of it. That's going to be a problem, I think. Not as big of a problem as you think it is, which is part of why I'm here. It's funny. When a clandestine organization goes about creating an artificial fae, they think to themselves... Maybe as few people as possible should know about this. They're not wrong, but it does make our job a lot easier. There are two individuals that know the totality of Project Chimera. One of them is named Cromwell Silvaro, but you knew that already. I did. The other is named Hector Lorikus. knew that one as well. But some of you knew that already as well. Indeed. You see, I am not telling you anything you did not already know. So far. And so, nothing is violated. So, if I can read between the lines here, you're telling me that in not as many words, either the four of us could... Actually, I don't say the four of us. I say me and mine could disappear, or... Maybe someone else could. I'm saying the task in front of you is not as insurmountable as you might have assumed. Now, all that being said, there are, in fact, a few more loose ends where this is concerned. And that is you and yours. Because unfortunately, you know about her too. I'm not proposing anything where that's concerned. I'm simply putting that information right in front of you. As obvious as it might have been. Again, merely pointing out things you already knew. No terms and conditions are violated. So they really have all of you mixed up in this, don't they? <laughs> oh, Shay, you have no idea just how bad it is. But that is neither here nor there. What is here and there is the child. I don't know what she could, will, is be. The wavelength hasn't collapsed yet. 
What I do know is that she's not the answer we're looking for. Because the answer we're looking for... No, this will require a deal if you want that information. I'm sorry, we have reached the end of our free trial period. So you can take what you've garnered here and move on. Or we can go with the old ways. Information for an exchange. An exchange of what? Ah, you see, I said the old ways. For a reason. There is a tradition among my people. It goes back as far as any of us can remember, which is a long time. A favor of my choosing at the time of my choosing. Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't want to, like, get stuck in a thing where I have to, like, kill my friend's sister or something. (laughs) Now, why would you go and mention that, Shay? It's from my favorite TV show. (laughs) You laugh and giggle as the fourth wall crumbles near you, and somewhere in the city of Brass, Cherish snorts in that way that she does, thinking on the time where Grawl was trapped in a gorilla body, but then that snort slowly fades as the memories of that trial, of that island, of that dark sea that you were briefly trapped on, as you remember now, even now, that your friend somewhere out in the world, in the royal, in the elemental chaos that surrounds the world as you know it now, they're out there somewhere trying to survive in that while you're in a stupid office building in the city of Brass. Elliot, these two characters you've created are thinking about each other in this moment. Yes, they are. And I'm thinking about both of them. And Ariel will smile at you. There are far worse deals you could be offered. I'll admit. This one's rather open-ended, but at least it doesn't involve bodily autonomy. Yeah, I was sort of hoping the void touch thing would save me from that one. I thought I smelled a strange perfume on you. I found it rather intoxicating, personally. Okay, well, then never mind. But now that you say that, oh, that is a delicious trap. You've given me something to think on. But what do you say? Do you want to know at the thing I am struggling to say, or are you content with the information that you already knew? All right. All right, what? You have to say it. I agree to the favor in exchange for what you are struggling to say. And you see him breathe deep and let out a shuddering breath as though he's accepting some great pleasure from those words. And he will say, Ah, yes. Even she can't deny this from me. Though, you want to know what I cannot say. And here's the thing. I would too. But since you've asked... That unlocks a piece of me that I can now. Mm, there it is. It's funny. Not like funny ha-ha, and he'll point around at the room. But funny in kind of more an ironic sort of way. 
and his voice changes. His demeanor changes as well. He sort of leans forward, and you can see now his arms are long, uncomfortably long. His elbows pointed, leaning now on the table, his fingers spidery, kind of curling in on themselves as they lock in front of his face as he leans in, and his face becomes this kind of long elfin features stretching. The hair isn't hair, it's a hat, a wide tri-corner hat with a broad feather coming off of it. And he'll lean in, and his eyes are these strange rectangular slits. If anyone else learns this secret, if you tell anyone else what I'm about to say to you, their bodily autonomy will be the least of their worries. Whole species have been erased for learning this. And he will lean in and he will, his long fingers will curl around your own hands as they were cupped near your chin as he will pull you in close so he can say, The court of air is missing a lady. Shay's eyes. She is gone. Shay's eyes will like go wide. If the other courts were to ever find out, there would be war. <laughs> and you remember the images shown to you by the Archproctor, the wars that tore galaxies apart as the Fae Courts recreated themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the mad eyes of Ariel come down on you. The broad pale mask of Puck stares at you. The wide grinning face of Robin Goodfellow, the Prince of Fools, stretches his wide toothy grin as the Warlock of Storms says, Have fun with that information. Wouldn't be a shame if the child got involved. And I think it is there that we're going to end tonight's session and find out what Shay does with all of that information next time. Because as always, you can find us online at matcomrpg on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also... Just a lot of other nerd stuff, so come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer, doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at The Readamus on Instagram and Twitter, where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature, so come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always, the world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.